you know, when, you, when you're making a snowman, you wouldn't know it here because all we get is rain and gray, but you, you get a small little ball, and then, you know, you start rolling it, rolling it, and you keep rolling it the most for the base, and then the second one a little smaller for the torso, and then the head. You know how to do it. Well, it just feels with every loss, with every six-game homestand where the Raptors go 500, the clamor, the conversation, the chatter, other words that begin with the letter C, the conversation about the Raptors with the trade deadline, it seems to grow and grow and grow. And it's it's Mark Stein and ESPN. It's Shams Sharnia um, and The Athletic. I was listening to uh, the Bill Simmons podcast, and him and Zach Lowe were talking about it as well. And it's like, oh, it's going to be Gary Trent, or it's going to be Fred Van Vliet. And where are we now with that? It just Where are we with the noise? And the only way to quiet that noise was for the team to go on a long winning streak. Well, they haven't done that. And by the way, the loss last night, we're going to miss Fred Van Vliet. 39 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 15 of 28 shooting. And it is Josh Lewenberg joining us on the show. Josh, thanks so much. What's up, Cos? How you doing? Um, not so good. I went back. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, in general, in life, I am good. I'm sport. Okay. I'm sp- That's all that matters. Yeah, very big picture. It, it really does. You have your health. Everything else comes second. I sound like an old man saying that. I went back and I rewatched the first and the third quarter of that loss last night. Oh, why? Um, well, for preparation, but your 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 thought is the right one. <laughs> and when it wasn't Grayson Allen going through Scotty Barnes and Siakam for a dunk, um, it was Drew Holiday getting layups. It was Brooke Lopez open over and over again. And then maybe the one that angered me the most, 35-year-old journeyman Joe Ingles getting so many layups. Last night, I think that was the worst I've seen the Raptors play defensively. Yeah, and I mean, the bar has been set pretty low in terms of the quality of the defense <laughs> recently. I mean, yes. I at one point, like a couple weeks ago, that they were starting to turn the corner a little bit in that respect. Like there were three or four games in a row where the defense still wasn't great, but was getting a little bit closer to league average as opposed to what it was before that. But then here we go again. I mean, even as the Raptors have won some games recently, Two games against Charlotte, obviously, quality of competition alert there, but the defense was not great in those games either. The the win in New York, as impressive as that was, for a few reasons, the defense wasn't really one of them. Like, they've taken a big step back uh, on the defensive end, basically all year, and considering that was supposed to be their biggest strength, like, I think when we're rating the many disappointments of the season to this point, the defense as a whole – would be right up there. And I say as a whole because it's, it's not, and this is where the problem is in terms of figuring out how to fix it or what the problem is. It's not just one area. Like the transition defense has been bad, and a big reason for that, as Nick Nurse likes to point out, is the offense has been bad most of the time, right? Like when you're not getting good shots and you're missing a lot of them, you're basically allowing the other team to get out fast break opportunities and, and, and it's tough on your transition defense to get back and get back and get back uh, as often as they've had to this year but listen the half court defense hasn't been much better recently they're not stopping anyone at the rim which isn't surprising given the roster construction but they're not stopping anybody on the perimeter right now either they, the Raptors I mean they've been doing this for years but they continue to give up a, a ton of looks from beyond the arc a ton of corner threes and 
teams are hitting them. And you can kind of shrug your shoulders and say, well, it, it, it's a three-point shot, high variance. Like, sometimes they, they fall and whatever. You can only stop that to, to a certain degree. But, like, yeah. if, if those looks are, are wide open, these are NBA players. A lot of teams in the NBA can shoot. Raptors aren't really one of them, but a lot of teams can shoot, right? Like, so if you're, you're giving up all these open shots, eventually teams are going to burn you. And, and to give up, what was it, 130 points to a Bucks team missing their two best players without Giannis, that's, it's, it's pretty glaring. And maybe to your point, maybe that's the most glaring of the defensive failures recently, just because, I mean, the Bucks, as good as they are, they came in last night ranked 24th in offense. Yep. And that's with Giannis and not with Middleton for most of the year. But bottom line is, like, it, it, it's a, the Bucks are still really good. Drew Holiday is still really good. But you're missing Giannis. You're missing Middleton. You're missing Brooke Lopez after he gets ejected in the fourth quarter. You, you can't give up. They gave up 38 points or more in two out of the four qu- quarters and 19 threes overall. That, it's, it's, it's really tough. To win a game like that, your offense has to be really, really good. There's almost no room for error. And the Raptors make a lot of errors, and their offense isn't very good. How curious would you be if you could sit down individually with the coach, with Masai, and one or two of the players, and they're given truth serum about what the hell happened this year? Like, I got to tell you, if, because you know, sometimes when a season comes to an end, then we find out all the leaks come out on all sides, but then you're not sure who to trust because when you see a leak or sources say, you know, you, there's always an agenda. But how curious would you be to find out just what the hell happened? What before the season, during training camp, uh, during you know, j- during this season, about what the hell happened to this team? I'd be curious. Yes, I, I've spoken to now. I think it's like three players on opposing teams over the last few weeks, just in terms of like, hey, what 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 did you see? What what are you seeing with this Raptors team right now? And all three of them told me some variation of something seems off. And all three of them have played against the Raptors before previous years, watched this team, and they they all said something seems off. And I pressed them on, like, okay, well, what do you think it is? And and one of them mentioned connectivity. So it's hard to quantify what that means, where it comes from, how it falls apart. I mean, one of the things that I've heard a few times, just in terms of this, this is just speculation from people and, and reports is that maybe there are players on this team that don't get along, that don't like each other. And like, I mean, listen, first of all, I don't know that to be true. I haven't heard that myself. I haven't seen that. But second of all, like, does that really even matter if they like each other? Like there are teams, there are a lot of teams over the course of NBA history, even recent history of teams, players that don't like each other that end up doing just fine if they have that on-court chemistry and connectivity, I don't think those things are, are always tied together. In fact, I know there were key players on that 2019 Raptors championship team who hated each other, and they did just fine in the end because they had that connectivity and chemistry on the floor. They also had a few other things, right, like the talent was there and the, the basketball IQ, the defense, like all these things are important, but – uh, yeah, I mean, I, and that and that might be why we keep coming back and talking about the defense because they're certainly not for a lack of talent on this team, right? Like no. there are great individual defenders on this team. They were built to defend. They've got the length and the versatility. 
the quickness, athleticism, like all, all of this stuff, but for some reason they just don't seem to be tied together out there. And when you're playing a defensive system like Nick Nurse's, it really requires you to be tied in, to be connected, and for whatever reason, they're not. Were you taken aback the other day? We played the sound on Monday when the president of the Players Union, C.J. McCollum, just so casually said, oh, yeah, the guys are going to get traded. I would talk more about it, but, you know, tampering, because <laughs> you know how important the NBA is to make sure tampering never happens. But were you, like, for me, I wasn't as shocked by the content, by the words he said, because we've heard that from so many sources. But just it was sort of the casual nature of, of what he was saying. I didn't hear it. I just saw the the quote. Um, yeah, I mean, listen. Like I said, I think that's that's the sense that I'm getting from a lot of opposing players when you're because it's one thing to watch this team and even even watching the team. Like you're getting that same sense. I'm getting that same sense. A lot of people are getting that sense that something is off, even if you can't put your finger on it or quantify it. And certainly, if you're out there on the floor playing in these games, I think you have a better sense of what's going on with the team. Just being there and kind of seeing it play out in real time, especially for veteran players, a guy like C.J. McCollum who's seen the Raptors before. And the Raptors, like, this isn't the franchise of the organization of 10 years ago. Like, the Raptors have developed a really strong reputation as an organization around the league, and part of that is, like, the, the, the culture, the on-court culture in addition to the off-court culture. But I'm talking about the on-court culture just in the way that, like, when you play the Raptors, or at least this has been the case in years past, when you play the Raptors, you know that's going to be a long night for you just in terms of the way they get after it. They're relentless. They're annoying at times to play against. Yeah. And I think players, and this is probably what McCollum's speaking to, I think players are surprised this year when they play the Raptors. Not that, I mean, like, they, they do their little fake comeback thing in the fourth quarter, so they're still doing that thing where they, they don't go away quietly, but there just isn't that same fight to them. I think teams are having an easier time playing against the Raptors, as the defense would speak to that. Um, than they have in years past. So I, that, that's what I took from it in terms of the, like, guys will be traded thing. Like, he doesn't know any more than we do in, in that respect. Like, I don't know, unless he's got a mole in the Raptors' front office. And as I've said before, I don't even think Masai and Bobby know for sure right now with three weeks to go before the deadline what they're going to do. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like, if, if you're placing a bet normally going into the trade deadline, the safe bet is always that your team – isn't going to make a trade because it's always more likely that the trade doesn't happen than the trade does happen. It's hard to make trades, especially in the middle of the year. But yeah, if I'm a betting man, then the, the nature of your program, right? If we're betting on this, yeah. right now, I would say it's more likely the Raptors make a move. I still don't think it's going to be like a let's tear everything down and trade everyone type of move. But the, the name that keep coming back to is Gary Trent Jr. And I think no matter what the Raptors situation was right now, if they were winning, if they're losing, buying, selling, whatever, just based on his contractual situation. And maybe if you're, if you're not able and willing to pay your fifth guy, and that's what he is, what he's going to be getting paid in the summer, probably North of a hundred million dollars. It makes sense to get something for him now. So yeah, I mean, I, at minimum, I would say, expect a neutral move or two with obviously the possibility that they could do something more. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty safe bet that McCollum is making here. 
I'll leave you with this, and I just need a number here. If the number is zero for what the decibel level was on trade chatter before the start of the season. So we'll say that. We'll go one. Let's not do absolutes. The trade chatter surrounding the Raptors right before the opening game of the season was a one out of ten. What is the decibel level right now on trade chatter for this team? Eight. Nine, like they're probably at probably the highest number in the league about any team right now in terms of like trade chatter. I know the Lakers have been up there for a while. Like, what could they do? But yeah, they're always that, up like, there. It's, it's the yeah, Lakers. They're which, always chatting. Team in the NBA, are you hearing more rumblings out of than than what could happen with the Raptors? I mean, it, and we've said it before. Like, they, they're a domino here. They might be the domino in the NBA where teams are waiting around and trying to anticipate what they could do or what they might not do because, yeah, I mean, I think it's a bit of a seller's market right now. It's a weird time in the NBA where there are a lot of teams in the murky middle that I think a lot of them think that they could be a contender. So I'm not sure how many teams are going to be selling, meaning that if the Raptors are, they've got guys that are highly coveted and they might have two or three guys if they decide to go in that direction that are right up there at the top of, like, best available players in the league. So, yeah, I mean, they're an interesting team right now, for sure. They are, unfortunately, for all the wrong reasons, but still fascinating to discuss. Josh, as always, a pleasure. Thank you for joining the show. We will read your work at tsn.ca. We'll listen to you. The next broadcast is tomorrow against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Always appreciate Thanks for joining the show. All right, Todd. Talk to you, man. Take care.